Tuning you in now to the all-new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Yeah, welcome to the LBX Daily, September 20th. This is, uh, we're coming in a little bit late today. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> we, we are. I think this might be one of our latest shows yet. Uh, so, yeah. That's okay. Like, Sometimes stuff happens. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. So, my gosh, you know, I just feel like we've been bombarded with pumpkin spice lately, like so much pumpkin spice. And I've been trying not to talk about it, but I mean, it's almost impossible not to, right? So, um, I just, I wanted to share something that I found today, actually, one of the food magazines that looks so delicious is a pumpkin spice latte pizza. Um, and at first I was like, oh, disgusting. Like this is, this must be so gross. Right. Um, but it actually looks pretty tasty and this is how it's made. What they do is they make house made whipped pumpkin ricotta and they use that as the base on the pizza. Then they top it off with mozzarella, crumbled Italian sausage, roasted shallots and toasted pumpkin seeds. And I was kind of like, oh, actually that doesn't sound too bad. I could, I could actually even imagine a little bit of honey dribbled on the top of that, you know, it'd be tasty thing to go along. Oh, honey would be great on that. Yes. Right. Oh, what's that green thing? Um, the green stuff, uh, arugula. Oh, arugula. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. That yeah, you could, could absolutely be tasty on there too. too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that actually, for I'm, I'm typically a marinara guy in my pizza, but uh, that you? actually sounds, sounds delicious. And by the way, I was looking at that picture it could also, one of my favorite drinks of all times is yeah. the Negroni and it goes oh, very, very well right. with the Negroni. And in fact, yes. in honor of what is Negroni week, I am drinking a Negroni today. And so instead of the bourbon, I've got Negroni. It is uh, absolutely one of the best cocktails in the world. I agree with you. I always, Negroni is my go-to cocktail. It's so delicious. Um, now, Speaking of Negronis and pumpkin spice, though, I think we should show our listeners a little uh, kind of contrast to the love of pumpkin spice that's out there. Let's bring on Ryan. Let's bring up Ryan for a second. Now, if you haven't seen this commercial yet, we'll just play a few minutes or a few minutes, uh, just a little short clip of this. And it is absolutely fabulous. It's nearly fall, which means the entire universe will once again be losing its mind for pumpkin spice. Not on aviation. Not on my watch. Let's make a Negroni. First, take one part each of bitter red liqueur. And sweet vermouth. Pour over ice. Take a pumpkin spiced cinnamon stick and shove it right up your ass. <laughs> then we add one part aviation. American I can't stop gym. it now, Brandon. It's too good. <laughs> and while stirring, we're going to take a moment to ponder why it is that once a year for two or three months, we lose our mind over pumpkin spice. What the are we doing, people? I'm sending my kids off to school with a cumin yogurt in their life. Next, we're going to garnish with an orange peel, delicious orange fruit, and enjoy a real drink. King pumpkin spice. It's Negroni week. Oh, awesome. oh my gosh. It is so good. What I, Ryan Reynolds, I'm sorry, our little Canadian hero. We just love him to death up here, but I love, I love what he's doing with his marketing. I love his humor and he's just done such a great job of turning something so crazy into, you know, a good marketing uh, 
plot or ploy for himself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he talked, he did reference Negroni Week, and it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to negroniweek.com, then you can actually learn a little bit about it. And there are, uh, you could be a participating venue or participating bar and come up with your own Negroni or just have somebody That's buy some cool. Negroni and proceeds can go to a program called Slow Food. So uh, anyway, you can check it out negroniweek.com and learn a little bit more about it. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, so um, just feel like we have to mention when some of these these bigger acquisitions happen. But uh, as I may have mentioned earlier, or you may have read about, Bolero had intended to acquire Lucky Strike. Officially, have completed that acquisition, so they have closed their uh, they have closed their acquisition of Lucky Strike. Fourteen locations for ninety million. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking for an exit, Bolero in your bowling based FEC, <laughs> or even if you're not, um, you know, because apparently Bolero is even buying go kart facilities. Um, oh, wow. but, uh, you know, they're, they're a potential ac- acquirer and acquisition target for you. Uh, so anyway, they've just completed their acquisition and they're on a roll. Um, so speaking of large organizations that are also acquisitive, uh, Dave and Buster's, we've talked about them multiple times. We think that they've got a, we believe that they're struggling in some level to uh, figure out the next stage in their evolution. And, uh, you know, one of the things we mentioned is that they're, they're coming up with some other creative competitive socialization components. And one of their newest items that they're adding into their facilities is actually called Social Shuffle. I have to say it slowly because it's really hard to say fast. Social Shuffle. And this is, I'll pull up a picture here. Um, this uh, it, it actually looks really cool. It's its um, fully automated, um, high-tech shuffleboard. So I'm sure you've gone to your, your, your local bar, your local sports bar. You've probably played some shuffleboard um, on some of that sawdust. And, and so, but this is fully automated scoring. You book your, you book your table, just like you would book a bowling lane. And this is distri- um, this is actually produced by a new group out of the UK called Conductor. They were started in 2022 and um, they just created a new game vault division that's focused exclusively on social gaming. And this mm. is the first product that they've developed, the Social Shuffle, and it is being installed at Dave and Buster's uh, around there, around across the U.S. So expect to see these popping up in your Dave and Buster's pretty soon. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Hey, it's kind of a neat little setting. I wonder—is that just a rendering, or is that actually how it looks? Uh, this 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 specifically is a rendering, but this is a rendering okay. of how it would look in the venue, um, and, okay. and specifically in a Dave and Buster's venue. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I like how I like how they've added like the new modern touches too with the glowing lights and everything. And it's neat, like the the dividers in between. It'll be cool to see how that actually plays out. But yeah, yeah. What a fun usually, usually shuffleboard is an afterthought. It like sits in the corner of the bar mm-hmm. you know, next to the pool table, and it's not really a main component. And this is trying to bring that out. And and it's, this is a lot like what you're seeing with the darts and augmented reality darts and automation. You know, what we've seen yeah. in just general with uh, competitive socialization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I know I was mentioning earlier, I think that pool is going to be the next uh, product to get a facelift here, right? <laughs> it's such a big, yeah. such a big game that it's got to have some sort of immersive feel and kind of like gamification happen to it at some point soon. Right. So yeah, I would not be, I would not be surprised for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, I 
found Thrillist um, launched a, an article today, and they were talking about theme parks around the world, and they were ranking them the most expensive, the most crowded, and the biggest. Here, I'll pop up this picture. I couldn't get a full picture of it just because it kind of blurred out and everything, but I thought it was super cool. So this is just a shot of the most expensive theme parks, and pretty much just for everybody's knowledge, there's 20 theme parks listed. They were all kind of Disneyland or Universal. <laughs> I think there was one Bouchard Gardens, or, or not Bouchard Gardens, something on here that I had never been to before. Um, the rest of them were all pretty common, uh, except for maybe the Paris uh um, you know, Disneyland Studios, unless you live over in that area of the world. Um, so there was that there was they, they actually showed a map of the biggest ones, how how big some were compared to other ones, and then which ones were the most crowded. So they said this is how many people they actually had come through their door. So it was, you know, most crowded in this park at this time or this park in this time. And I thought, what a fascinating thing to do. I I would love to see something like this done for family entertainment centers and loco- location based entertainment centers, you know, actually truly ranking value admission Prices and what attractions were going um, into each of these locations. And then actually volumes of traffic and crowd through each of these would be a super fascinating statistic to know. Yeah. And, and wonder, I mean, obviously it's easy enough to go and categorize just ticket prices, but if to be able to break it down by attraction prices and everything else, that type of data would be really, really interesting um, mm-hmm. to, be able to get to. And obviously we're all private, you know, everybody's a private company and like, so it's a little bit harder to get access to some For of that. Sure. But even if it's just uh, you know aggregated generally, that would be um, that would be really powerful data and powerful information, yeah. especially when pricing your own venue in specific areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, so we uh, so I came across this. Uh, interestingly enough, um, we talked yesterday about the adventure, the adventure course, and the golf course that was built out and connected to a Holiday Inn, that was done by a group called Greenspan Projects. And Greenspan Projects must be just hitting hitting it out of the park with their press lately because came across the fact that they are now distributing um, both exclusively and globally, they're the distributor for a new tech-infused golf platform called Puttify. And so this, I'm just pulling up here their website. And... Um, uh, because I, I, there was enough pictures here, I didn't want to just try to bring them all in here. So this is a, an example of one of their holes. And you know, one of the interesting things is that they've got 27 different golf holes that you can choose from. So if you're building out an 18-hole course or a nine-hole course, you've got lots to choose from, or even a 13-hole course. Uh, and uh, they've they've got uh, all different gameplay as well. And what I also liked is that every game, every one of these infuses an element of chance as well. So there's a little bit of skill, right? Can you actually get to that hole and get the, you know, but if you don't get to the hole, then how your ball happens to bounce down, knock around on these pipes goes through 25, 50, 75. So I think what I I talk about, uh, you know, fairly often, or I'd like to see in these types of games where there is a level of skill that there's an equalizer for, for that. So it becomes accessible um, or more accessible anyway for multiple ages. So you can have a full family come and play and have a little kid who's four who can barely hit the ball and then a grandma, you know, who's, you know, maybe 70 and then somebody in the middle who's, you know, 40 and they can still have a fun time and, and still, you know, come out on top or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so what uh, the other, I'll just scroll down here to take a look at a couple of these other pictures. You know, they've also designed this to the point where you're never walking on any of the holes. So you actually, uh, which is good because the wear and tear is less. Uh, The scoring is automated, um, premium materials. And then this was really cool. They have three different game modes. There's your core gameplay, 
there's risk and reward where you can take greater risks and and you know have higher points depending on what you're trying to do. And then they have event based, um, you know, where you're actually trying to hit a targeted spot that lights up and other things like that, or you have to answer a trivia question and then put a ball towards you know, the true or false target. Which some of those things exist in Putt Shack and other places. Uh, but uh, you know, I really like what these guys are doing. Yeah, it's super cool, actually. Like, it's, it's it, I didn't think that they could make any more mini golf products that were going to be as innovative as we've seen, <laughs> but here they come, they're rolling them out again. It's, yeah, it's, it's got a different twist to it, and I think it would have a different feel to it. Like, it's almost, I, I put Shack and stuff, I could see myself playing that once and then kind of being like, ah, I think I'm done with it. But with this, I could see definitely wanting to play it again. Um, yeah. it, it's got replayability to it in my mind. It, it does. It does. Because each score, again, because, you know, you're not just trying to get it in one hole. You could end up with a totally different score at the end of the game, at the end of the round. And you could have played maybe in a very similar way. Um, mm-hmm. I also like because it's so heavily modular that to reshape your golf, your mini golf course, it makes it very a lot easier to reshape your course. Uh, you know, you could just remove one put it on, you know, put it aside for six months, bring in another one and you kind of swap out and, and continually idea. change and evolve your course without having to remake a lot of the structure on the floor. I wonder if you could even like, are, are these travelable or um, portable? Like, could you take something like one of these out to an event if you had something going on and people could play a whole? Great question. I actually don't know. And I wasn't, when browsing through the website fairly in depth, yeah. I was not able to find out how portable or modular they are. Yeah. Um, so that's a great question, but would be a really cool opportunity as well, right? So mm-hmm. rental, so, you know, rentals, mm-hmm. you know, rent inflatables, you could rent these and be very yep. interesting for sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Create a little carnival. Those super, super cool. Cool. I can't wait to see one. Hopefully they'll have one at the IAPA trade show. I think they were displaying it at uh, IAPA Europe uh, in this coming few weeks here. When is when Yeah, is yep, that's right. Uh, IAPA Europe yep. is the end of September. So yeah, it's actually the end of next week is when yeah. uh, it's going on. So hopefully um, they're bringing in our, uh, the Florida show for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be the Flora show. The question is, is it under Putify, you know, or is it going to be oh, under right. Greenspan projects? Because Greenspan does a bunch of other, you know, themed projects as well. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Well, you know what? Since you and I are going to be traveling that floor looking for new and unique products, we're going to find it and we'll let people know where it is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Right? Actually, we, we, some of these people, we should start making lists of who we want to visit on that trade show floor and like exploring their products a little bit more, right? Yeah. Almost like, almost like we recommend to do, you know, we, we tell oh. other people to do, we should yeah. probably do the same thing for ourselves. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we're learning. Hey, yeah. we're learning guys. We're friends. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of friends, um, uh, on a little bit of a different tangent for our show, uh, we, um, I thought I'd introduce the idea of a social DAP, it's called. So it's a decentralized app, something that's actually built on the blockchain, and it's called FriendTech. It's a social app. Now, what's interesting about this app is it allows people to buy into who you are as a user and become your friend and have an opportunity to coordinate and chat with you in a private room. So let's go back to the beginning on how this works. Um, you have to have a Twitter account first, but by having a Twitter account, you're allowed to create uh, your account on this friend tech app. Wait, and when you, when, so yeah, right. Or X. Oh my gosh. Oh, X, oh, yeah. Big X. Yeah. The, oh, the, X. You know, oh, okay. I forgot X, what Twitter I know, was. Yeah, right, okay. God. <laughs> no, you, 
<laughs> Come on now. Um, so what it does is it allows users to create an account that is linked to their Twitter account and then sell shares or what they call keys to their private chat group um, on Front Tech, right? So they're ultimately selling access to themselves. And so what where the benefit is, is uh, what they're suggesting is that a lot of people that close their DMs down because they're so popular on Twitter and they can't take other people's DMs, here's an opportunity to actually monetize themselves on this platform. So they open up an account, people can come in and they can buy a key to access you. Um, and the price of that key is built on a, an exponential bonding curve, um, if everybody knows what that means. So the more of them that are sold, the higher the value goes, the less of them that you have, the value comes down if you're selling it um, back to somebody or, or you want to get out of that friend's accounts, for example. Um, and I mean, this could be a, such a cool tool, I think, for people like Taylor Swift or Brad Pitt, if they had them, right? People would be able to get direct access to these people um, by paying for it, which, you know, we're for the for these people that are trying to monetize themselves on these uh, social apps, right? Um, now, it, it's I, I find it really interesting, and, I, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. Um, yes, perfect. The app has, um, I mean, it came out with a bang. Obviously, this is kind of a bit of a degen product, right? Like in the degen area, people get super excited; they invest all their money, right? Um, the app actually made more than uh, ten million transactions or $10 million um, in the first uh, month that it was actually operational. Apparently things are going downhill at this point. <laughs> no, no surprise. Do you know what I mean? Um, but essentially I think it's just an interesting concept worth exploring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was actually 10 million transactions um, because they, they at least within the first, the first 11 days, they had made uh, 81 million in total transaction flow. Uh, that flowed through the system, and that's out of 10 million transactions. Um, and yeah, but they they have at least as of the end of August. So I don't know the numbers yet for September, but by the end of August, when they launched uh, their beta on August 10th to the end of August, they saw a 95% decline or drop in daily active transactions. So clearly, a bunch of people tried it out. We're checking it out. Lots of transactions. Again, like kind of the DGen. And for those of you who don't know DGen, that that's a that's a term for people who get into these NFT artwork projects and. Um, but for the pure speculative nature and they buy them and, and try to resell them, that kind of thing. So it's kind of that group of people. So right, it sounds right. like there was probably a lot of that. Um, but I, I think there's some there's some interesting components here. Frentech may not be the winner, um, but they mm -hmm. may be touching on something that that then somebody else comes along and has a better model. Um, and it's maybe a slightly different, different take on this. Um, yeah, but yeah. the ability to sort of manage and monetize your influence uh, more directly is really interesting. And, um, and, and I wonder what, what type of opportunity there is to have that reflected inside of, you know, inside of an LBE venue, you know, with regards to right, some sort right. of loyalty structure and having like a VIP membership base and that kind of thing. It could be mm -hmm, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, an annual membership or something like that could be used in such a manner, right? Where the more people that have it, the higher the price, the less, the lower, or maybe we, it's actually reverse. <laughs> maybe that's a way to do it, right? The lower volume of people, it's more expensive. And then as it goes up and there's more people, it becomes less expensive, right? Yeah, right. Which is an incentive to drive referrals, uh, mm -hmm. to, to get more people to come in and, you know, or to, to join the membership because then my price is going to go down. That's right. That's right. But what I mean, again, I think the thing that, that's really cool about this is uh, people love gambling or they love that suspense and the gamification piece of it. Right. They love rewards and they love weird stuff and doing new things. And so this kind of idea is something that's a little spin on the different. But you're right. What, what else could we do in our facilities that would be unique and kind of cool like this? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more though about FriendTech, it's we had the website up there, but it's just friend spelled in the same way you actually would, which is uncommon in most tech names. Dot tech. So friend dot tech. If you want to go and check it out and and see, you know, if it's still something worth doing, uh, you know, with regards to them anyway. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of our rundown and the end of our show today. So uh, for all you fellow LBXers, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Cheers, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.